You're listening to Studio 809 Podcast. This is what community sounds like. We're coming to you from the Studio 809 Community Podcast Studio at The Next Us, a professional cooperative environment for small businesses in downtown Colorado Springs. Welcome to the debut of The Next Us Podcast, connecting the community, finding the best in ourselves, and finding our way through 2023 and beyond. I'm Dave Gardner, and that was my first draft of the opening of this episode anyway. What would your draft be, Judy? I'm so excited. Um, Exactly that. Everything you said is is exactly where we're at. Okay, because I found it a little bit challenging to figure out how to, in a sentence, describe what it is that we're trying to do here. Yes, you know, and I think that we're... the exciting part is to kind of get through that journey and figure out what it really is. And this next step today, we have a little bit of a framework for. Yeah. And I can't wait to ask my first question. Okay. Well, thanks for bringing some discipline to the process. Are we ready for that? We know that we're talking to Dave Gardner and Judy Pairing. Where do we go from there? Well, I'd like to start out because between the two of us, you know, we're going to be going back and forth and bringing forward from whatever resources we reach um, through time to create our own kind of movement, you know, our own kind of movement. And so I want to start out step one with you, Dave, and ask you your backstory specifically in the way that when I ask you what in your story leads you to where you are today, to your dreams and how you seek your forward movement. Okay. The backstory that you're going to be interested in and what really drives me almost everything I do today is very much related to this podcast and to the Studio 809 Community Podcast Collective. So I think it's useful to know, probably. I want to make sure that this podcast is uh, enjoyable for people to listen to and useful to them. So so it's not, this is not a podcast to sell Dave Gardner to anybody or sell Judy Pairing. So who are these people and why are they talking and why would I want to listen, I guess. My interest in giving the microphone to voices in the community really started probably 20 years ago when I became a local activist. I decided that uh, someone needed to step up in Colorado Springs and point out the how crazy it was for our, our city to be so addicted to growth. We were just hell-bent for leather to grow our population, grow our economy, get bigger and bigger. It was just assumed that that was what cities do, and successful cities do that fast and, and a lot and never stop. And that just seemed... Uh, one, unsustainable over the long haul to me, and two, it also seemed to be really destroying or at least hampering the quality of life in our community. It made traffic congestion worse year after year. It made people feel a little more anonymous as the uh, the city got bigger, and that when you feel anonymous, you aren't necessarily behaving at your best all the time. And so I wanted to see if there was something we could do about it, and I found it was very challenging to... Uh, inform the public, to get the word out, to find out if there were other people in town that felt the way I do. Couldn't really get uh, newspapers to interview me or report on the subject very much. And then I found there was a newspaper that was interested in what I had to say, and that was the 
Colorado Springs Independent. I wrote an op-ed and they published it and they had me come down and they took my picture and they wanted to give uh, just a, another citizen a voice and that meant a lot to me which made me a uh, lifelong fan of the indie as we affectionately call it but it also kind of started me on this road to where uh, I have devoted a lot of my time and my skills to helping other people get their voice heard. I was a professional filmmaker all my life, but I also worked in radio in high school. I'm a Colorado Springs native, grew up right here, and in my my senior year in high school, I worked at KVOR Radio because I wanted to be a disc jockey. I think I really wanted to be a rock star, but I didn't have any <laughs> musical ability, so I had to settle for being this. a disc jockey. Yeah. So I had some radio experience, filmmaking experience, so I know the technology uh, behind what is now podcasting. There was a little bit of a detour where I helped launch a community radio station hmm. here in town, which was all about giving voice to the voiceless, oh. uh, marginalized audiences, uh, giving them a... Uh, a seat at the table. So uh, I uh, helped get the uh, FCC license and the facilities and collect a team of volunteer citizens who wanted to produce radio programs about various subjects that were potentially important to the community. And, uh, you know, I didn't get paid. I just wanted to, you know, I appreciated the opportunity I got when the Indy published that first op-ed, and I wanted to give everybody the opportunity to uh, uh, to be heard, and mainstream media wasn't doing that. You know, the Gazette wasn't going to bring mm, those voices mm. to us, the major TV stations in town, and this was, this was, you know, long enough ago, I don't know, eight years ago when we started on that process, maybe. There were gatekeepers, well, you yeah. know. You couldn't be heard unless you could get one of the radio stations or television mm-hmm. stations or newspapers to amplify your voice. Now, your voice can be amplified. You can just do a podcast. Anyone can produce a podcast, and anyone can put it out there for the world to find. Wow. But, of course, there's still a lot of barriers to everybody being able to do that. You've got to know enough about the technology. You have to have access to a little bit of gear, uh, and you have to know how to put it out there. But you do not need some news executive or program executive to green light whatever it is you want to do. Yeah. There was a hostile takeover at the community radio station. I left, and uh, eventually most of the people who were doing shows at that radio station left because it was just not being run well. So we decided, well, the modern version of a radio station really is a a podcasting. We don't need a transmitter. We don't need the FCC. So uh, as they came to me, we all decided, let's just launch a little podcast collective. Uh, So that's how Studio 809 Podcasts began. And here we are now in this uh, great new studio at the Next Us, thanks to the belief and generosity of Judy here uh, to take it to the next level. And we're basically still giving the microphone to anyone who has a a story they want to tell. That's the short version of it. Not very short. So what do you think stands out about your past experiences that that leads you to this role of advocacy? I guess the short answer to that is I became an advocate because I uh, 
I started out just caring about my quality of life. I was kind of ticked off that Colorado Springs was trying to be like Denver, and I didn't want to live in Denver. You know, I really don't like driving in Denver traffic, and I really don't like being a small fish in a big pond. I love Colorado Springs. This is a nice little community where you run into people you know all the time. You can walk from one end of downtown to the other in <laughs> 10 minutes, and you know, you don't need an app to find a parking place if you're oh in an gosh. automobile. And it's pretty friendly to bicycling, pretty friendly. There's just a lot of things to love about this town, and I wanted to protect that. And as I researched that subject, uh, you know, urban growth and uh, population growth and economic growth and economic development, I discovered that what we were busy doing at the community level was exactly like every other community and exactly like we're doing at a global level, which was we were outgrowing the planet. And that just didn't bode well for the lives of my children and everybody else's kids. So I ended up getting really activated into becoming an advocate for our kids and for the the health of the planet that we needed to get over our growth addiction, get into a recovery program and rediscover what really matters in life, which is not the total number of dollars that get uh, exchanged every day or every year and the number of taxpayers there are and the number of consumers there are. And so, so I became an advocate for that. And just the struggle of trying to bring attention to that subject without having, uh, you know, a big advertising budget that made me really... Uh, empathetic to the struggles of every good cause out there. Uh, So I was busy putting together a studio, and and of course I had all of this film equipment that I had used in my business as a professional filmmaker, but I also used in creating this documentary called Growth Busters about our culture's love affair with growth. Uh, I thought, wow, I should make this available to good causes. So before you knew it, people would call me. When the Sierra Club wanted to get the city of Colorado Springs to pave the Pikes Peak Highway, Uh because all of that gravel road, that gravel was washing off of the Pikes Peak Highway down into this valley where it Mm. was burying uh, the ecosystem. It was killing the fish and killing the trees. And they wanted to... uh, get the city to pave the highway, but they couldn't take the city council to this valley to show them this, I mean, it was desolate. It was incredible, the damage that all that gravel was doing, um, but it was a really challenging hike. So they called me and said, hey, will you? can you go up there and film it? So, so that was the kind of stuff that I lived for. Yes, I'll do that. I would be glad to help the Sierra Club tell this story. Uh, so that's just So one even example. in film... Yeah. Yeah. Now I try to do more of it in podcasting now because it's faster, cheaper. Mm. Uh, Filmmaking is still time consuming. And also it turns out, Judy, that I think you've probably noticed everyone's attention spans (gasps) has been getting shorter and shorter. Right. So today, yeah, uh, if you want to put a video out there for the public to watch, if it's more than a minute, (laughs) you know, time's up. Yeah, people, people, the first thing people look at is how long is this video before I watch it? And very few people are going to watch a, even a 20-minute video, let alone a 30-minute or a 60-minute video. Uh, and so that limits your ability to get into any depth on a subject. But with a podcast, people can multitask. They can listen to a podcast while they cook, clean, oh. garden, commute. 
Heck, I guess they could listen to a podcast while they play pickleball, I suppose, but I don't, I, I don't think they do that too much. So I think it's one of the last bastions of uh, in-depth conversations. You know, it can be uh, 20 minutes, it can be an hour, it could be two hours because somebody can start listening and when they need to pay attention to something else, they can stop and they can come right back where they left off. All the podcast technology makes it easy to do that. And, you know, you can even be doing chores around the house and you can, if you have a smart speaker, you can ask your smart speaker to play the Next Us podcast. Boom, that's up, it's playing while you cook dinner. I love this. Oh, what fun. Okay. It is definitely the most democratic of media, and that's what it's all about is democratizing media, putting it in the hands of the of the people and taking it out of the hands of the, the programming executives. Wow. Well said. Whew, boy, I'm glad. I was nervous. <laughs> Okay, okay, so then let's just jump right into it. So with that then, Dave, what's happening in the world today? Well, I'm glad you asked. We hope to ask that question just about every episode. Of course, we're recording this episode on December 8th of 2023. Uh, you may be listening to this episode on December 10th or December 25th. Who knows? So I thought it would be good for us to yes, okay. kind of put a little bit of a time stamp okay, on it sure. because by the time some people are listening to it, uh, whatever we talk about that's happening in the world today may be old news. Sure. Say. One thing that I thought um, would be of note is that uh, this week the uh, Republican Party had their fourth presidential debate. Four candidates for U.S. president uh, were on News Nation for an hour and a half, I think it was, and uh, you know I don't want to be talking about politics all the time, but there there was this one interesting moment in the debate that turned out to be about respect and civility, and so Ooh. I thought that would I thought that would interest you. Yes, tell me more. Well, What's going on? Well, just to kind of introduce it, let me play you you yeah. know just a little clip out of that debate. Oh, sure. Okay. This is Chris Christie talking about Vivek Ramaswamy. We're now 25 minutes into this debate, and he has insulted Nikki Haley's basic intelligence. Not her positions, her basic intelligence. She doesn't know regions. She wouldn't be able to find something on a map that his three-year-old could find. Look, if you want to disagree on issues, that's fine. And Nikki and I disagree on some issues. But I'll tell you this. I've known her for 12 years, which is longer than he's even started to vote in a Republican primary. <laughs> and while we disagree about some issues and we disagree about who should be president of the United States, what we don't disagree on is this is a smart, accomplished woman. You should stop insulting so her. So I want to take this. Whoa. And he was right that Vivek was uh, really brutal and insulting her intelligence rather than uh, taking exception to any of her policy positions. And it kind of just shocked me. And I think everybody really appreciated the fact that Nikki Haley did not need Chris Christie to come to her defense. And I think Chris Christie knew that. He just wanted to make a point that, and, and I wish he had articulated it better, but can't we be a little more respectful? Wow. So I thought that was interesting. I think it's the root of so many things. So I'm really glad that it's maybe what stood out to you 
in all of the debate this fundamental issue, and hopefully it stood out to others as well. You know, how do we engage in conversation amongst our differences? <laughs> yeah, we seem to be doing a pretty terrible job of that these days. With respect. Largely, yeah. I think a lot of things have brought us to kind of forget about respect and leave it behind. Uh, you know, the uh, the social media revolution, the short attention span we were talking about, I think it has uh, made it easy for us to make quick judgments and label things because we don't want to take time to fully understand where somebody's coming from or what they're thinking. You know, and it's, for me, I always go back to this root of insecurity and fear. Yeah. You know, I just always want to communicate, you're okay. You know, you're okay. And you don't need to attack someone else and bring them down to feel up. You, it's not necessary. And as a matter of fact, when it happens publicly, it becomes very clear the insecurity and the fear. And we're not even focused, hopefully, on the attack because we see that you're grabbing for straws and it's not necessary. Instead, tell us where you stand, who you are, where you come from, and you can feel, should feel, settled within that because we are each human. And so it should be okay for all of us to come to the table from where we are in what we've been through and it's hard to come to that table in the face of mainstream prejudice mm -hmm. and assumptions, stereotypes, um, and all of these things. You know, we are each individual, and it is magnificent to the extent that that is true. At the same time, we are all human, and we have basic patterns that can be found in any animal species <laughs> across the world, if you watch. And so we do have these overarching patterns. We do have these, uh, you know, and especially in the realm of statistics and, and, and how we do really look at human behavior. And we can call these patterns and we can say these things through history over time. It's hard to get caught in these boxes and be afraid to let them go. Well, and, you know, I mentioned social media, you know, like on Facebook and especially on Twitter, uh, I suppose on Instagram, I don't know, I don't really play in that sandbox too much, but there is a, a lot of fear these days. You've heard the talk about fear of being canceled, about oh, cancel okay. culture. Okay. And anyone who's posting something on Facebook or Twitter, one today just because of the way those systems are set up, uh, you know, it's a popularity contest. You're, you're posting mm. something. You really want a bunch of people to click oh, the like wow. button. And you are also in fear that uh, somebody's going to not like it. Somebody's going to find fault. Uh, you will have made a mistake, and you're wow. going to get 
slammed, you'll have uh, you'll be suffering from a deluge of people who are saying really ugly things about you because of something you said that they don't approve of, or or something that you didn't say as well as you thought you were saying. I mean, there's a lot of fear wow. about saying the wrong thing out there, and it's because well, they're limited. You know, in 240 characters, somebody's going to make a decision about. Mm something that would be completely different if they were sitting across the table from you over a cup of coffee. Wow. Snippets, you know. Yeah. It's And at the same time, the challenge is how clear can we be and concise? You know, what is the message? And that's the hard part because... Like you said, people are, what are people reaching for? And what is their goal? And what do they think they need? How do they think they need to act based on trends? Is that what it is? Oh my goodness. Based on trends today? When you get down to it, Judy, don't you think, I mean, why are we even doing all of this social media posting. You know, there are a lot of people who go through life that looks like just needing somebody to affirm them, to congratulate them for what they ate today or, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. We didn't have that. You know, we just experienced it. (laughs) We had a lovely vacation with our family and we enjoyed it. We didn't post it somewhere and hope that people were going to approve of what we did. Uh... You know, but it lends to the same thing you were talking about earlier. As the world gets too big, as the, you know, these big cities, you don't have the neighbors on the block anymore. You know, people come into the garages and into their home. They do not come out through the doors or they're moving so frequently they don't have time to get to know their neighbors. Or they're in a city where, you know, there's just so many doors and so many walls. And it's, it's such a rat's maze of congestion, like you said, where we drown in anonymity. And then we behave how we you know, in different ways. And then you look at these social platforms where where, where people are begging for attention. Oh, it's so lonely. It's so sad to me. Yeah. Boy, you nailed it. And so, you know, I hope this podcast can provide some human connection. But of course, it's you know, there's a little bit of distance between us and the people who are listening. It's not like we're sitting on the front porch with you. You're right. You're right. And in that same moment, therein lies the rub. You now have this opportunity of intimacy through space and time. And so it is also this gem of technology. But how do we take care of that? And how do we honor it so that it is healthy? How can we make it something where it really is a true enriching human connection, not one who says, instead, um, go through these feeds and feel at the end empty or insufficient or um, not enough. Rather to say, let us, each of us, know that we are truly divine to be alive and blessed to be unique and still human following patterns 
you know and and so it's all it's all relative and and how do we survive and within these changes as they happen so extremely so quickly so you know electronically how do we find that connection because we are also electric beings i guess so <laughs> so yeah you know? i think on a grand scale i mean a, a culture shift has to happen i think we have to slow down to really get there i think we can maybe get some pockets of it some groups of people you know, who just make the decision uh, on their own or uh, somehow get together, find their church or, uh, you know, their peer group of people, of neighbors or something mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. you know, want to slow down Some and have that connection. Some but society-wide, we're just moving too fast, I think, to get there. Wow. Okay. That is what's happening in the world today. It is. And so then what is happening here locally is the next question. Like yeah. what, you know, because that is so real about what's happening all around us. And that is, I think, our big challenge in this series. And so it's the next question is, what is happening here locally? And I think, like you said, we are, as humans, still finding these small communities still binding in networks and different ways whether it be tied to church or sports or school or music or art or you know any anyone can find their clubs now or their things through you know through technology or in person you know these kinds of things so I guess what are some of the things that are sticking out to you today Locally, What's happening here in Colorado Springs? Either that gives you hope or that you're concerned about. This just coincidentally is, I think, really relevant. Our governor unveiled a roadmap about uh, a plan for the future of Colorado to meet some pressing needs that he sees. And uh, so he identified six goals. Hmm. Maybe I should run through them real quick. Yes, please, please. Okay. Saving people money on housing and increasing supply. Streamlining the processes in order to save people time and money. Increasing access to trains, buses, and bikes, and saving money and time on one's commute. Planning to improve air quality and reducing traffic. Enhancing the Colorado way of life via water, open space, and thriving neighborhoods. And supporting local businesses and revitalizing communities. For the most part, those all sound like pretty good things to do. Now... What struck me was a statement that he made uh, as he unveiled this roadmap. He said, it will take everybody working together. Hmm. He didn't say, I'm going to do this, or we're going to legislate this, or your your state government is going to do this. He realizes that it'll take everybody working together. Local, state, federal, legislators, commissioners, city council, people, everyone coming to the table in good faith, for what our constituents demand. I don't know about what our constituents demand. I don't know if I would have used that language, but basically, and I, and I would have emphasized, you know, community at a community level. Um, mm. uh, but it's, it would be great to have some leadership. And the only way to do all those things is if everybody comes together and works on it, not if everybody is in a hurry doing their own thing and if everybody's sitting around waiting for somebody else to well, do it. Well, and isn't that also one of the jokes of capitalism in the way that private companies have 
such pressure to perform because of competition that they're on it. They're cutting edge. They're above and beyond, and they have to keep up. But in government, there's this joke that, you know, these departments are still not communicating, that this is happening over here, and it doesn't connect to this over here, and all of these kind of misconnections that in a day and age like today are a little bit of of an embarrassment almost, you know? The government has an opportunity and should have all the tools, <laughs> should have access to all the tools to break down these sound barriers where one level or department is not communicating or working with or alongside. They've got 15 different machines running sure. when all of them could be put together to create one smooth running, almost like a spider. You know, you've got the brain and the legs all coming out, but it all comes back to the brain kind of idea. And, and, and I mean, am I wrong? Is, isn't that what people joke about these days? That like, come on, let the government catch up to itself. This section over here and that section over here and this section over here and that section over here. Yeah, and I think that there's a technology component to it. There's a leadership component to it. Mm. Um, somebody definitely has to want it for they it to all happen. Do. Yeah, but it's definitely, you've definitely identified one of the barriers to getting that accomplished. You know, and it's, and it's a, a funny question as to why <laughs> is it that the private sectors and these other, you know, when it comes to other things in this country that you need, you can blink and make something happen. And it's then the infrastructure that's so disconnected. And, you know, I've, there's people that talk about corruption. You know, there's people that talk about these things that like, well, it doesn't work. It's not streamlined because there's so many middlemen along the way that need to have a hand in in some way. And in my mind, I think that if we do actually work together, and I was thinking about this this morning, and it's kind of funny how I think about it. But my joke is that <clears throat> we are hume ants, hume ants. OK, so if you look at ants, they're highly civilized. Okay, highly civilized. They do have an, a hierarchy. Yeah. And they perform. I mean, man, it's wild what ants can do um, instinctively at their instinct base mm -hmm. uh, as a community. And we are animals. And we are a type of animal that builds civilizations. Very similar to ants. Yeah. <laughs> However, we have this ego about us, um, and it gets in the way. And then respect is missing. This common thread where I guess I don't really know a lot about ant civilizations, to be honest. But in my mind, when I think about it, I feel like they don't have the same issues that we have. I feel like there is more big picture goal and everyone puts in what they have to to contribute to make it happen, and everyone is taken care of in the end for that. Yeah, I think 
you know, colony of ants, what are they working on? How to get that peanut butter and jelly sandwich from here over to there. <laughs> yes. Yes, in essence. And we're all trying to be fed. We're all trying to survive. You know, as humans, we need to thrive. That's it. We need to be alive. And, and we're all every day waking up to survive. And in a lot of cases, people talk about, especially here in like a first world civilization, our basic instincts are falling away because we have food, we have things we need, all of the major, you know, hierarchy of needs are being met. And so now we have this whole other slew of issues or other problems. And there's all these other angles and things that, you know, come into play. Uh, but it's it's all like I feel like the all the real disconnects are rooted in fear, insecurity, and possession, a sense of possession. And so when you look at it, it's like how do we redirect our mentality so that we can all work together, and we can all go so much farther. You know, we we have so many tools now in our hands. We are in a position to be advanced. Yeah, so be sure to tune in to episode two. Judy has all the answers to that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's reach for it. Let's reach for okay. it. You know, it's. I believe it's truly possible, and I think it's asking hard questions, and the people in positions of power don't want to ask those questions because they're afraid of what they'll lose for it. And I think what they are lacking already is an abundance mentality. Well, there's definitely way too much fear working against us. Yeah. So this will be a recurring theme, I'm sure. Yes, it is. So the next one is is here at uh, yeah, the, next the Next Us. us. What's and, going on? And kind of for your consideration. And so I wanted to just briefly read something that I wrote to introduce The Next Us. And I haven't read it in a while, but it is my most recent draft. I'm still working on it. I'm, you know, never, never finished. But this is... Hopefully, I can have a kind of concise approach to give a little bit of fun background and, and a little bit uh, kind of forward, forward-facing for, you know, what are we doing here and why did Studio 809 come to the next us? This is a, a little bit of background. I'm on pins and needles. This is going to be my favorite part of the, of the <laughs> podcast. So with this opportunity... I intend to take deep breaths, to speak, to experience, stand in accountability, and I look to reflect the light at every turn. Seek to understand, and I hope that we can tell our story like we own it <laughs> so it seems to me that many failures are unexpected <laughs> we never expect to fail <laughs> so one for us here was a flood that had us drowning as soon as we had opened up Initial tenants in, first edition of hourly booking staged and in the blink of an eye were tossed in the waves caught in the riptide, <laughs> only to stand up and realize in Colorado we're landlocked, <laughs> so we're probably okay. 
And so we had to start to lay 10,000 square feet of new floors, which we now love. And so we count our blessings. And today we are a buzzing network of daily business dealings. We are a creative assortment of referral-based businesses offering an ever-fluctuating spectrum of facets that each unique professional brings to the space as they spread their wings from high-end practitioners that offer each their own range of health, wellness, and fitness services and offerings to consultants and many self-driven businesses that have jump-started and launched, networked and merged or expanded. And we are rooted in already locally established entrepreneurs who continue to thrive as around each other, each of us, together, we all evolve. Each of us has our own bright to bring to shine. We each have a myriad of skills and learn from each other as we come in and grow, each on our own path, all on our own terms. Many, including myself, in new directions and reaching to be globally local, earth-based and sustainably aiming for infinitely angled expansion. May we be all ages and faces. And in that, we are the next generation of our own kind of pioneers without assumptions, open and vulnerable, breaking down the barriers of fear and insecurity. We are entrepreneurs rooted in our personal, professional stories. We have our own visions, and we are passionately and intrinsically driven. And that motivation comes from within. We handle our own accounts and make the most for our missions as we conduct our dreams independently to the vibe of a cooperative mindset, which is the challenge in itself. We call it co-op autonomy. And at the next us, we define the shift in paradigm. We're creating, documenting content and filming our own, facilitating trainings, balancing admin, respecting each other for precisely how different we are. We are all artists unleashed, drafting as we design, focused and working, honoring and hopefully managing our own time, <laughs> our own clients and projects, collaborating as we see fit without ever forcing it. Only our own pressure is on. We call it forward from every direction, execute and express. We fill the blank canvas and then we leave no trace, but we make our mark. We each leave the space ready for the next visionary to work their magic. And so the definition of nexus we've decided is the latest 
upgrade in a network. It's the next us. Ladies and gentlemen, Judy Pering, the poet laureate of Studio 809. <laughs> I don't know whether you're a better writer or a better actress, but you're. Uh, this is just cool. <laughs> Thank you. Bravo. Thank you. Well, you know, it's it's me trying to tell you what I see. Um, it's me trying to tell the world what we can each of us be. And it's based on my personal experience, and that is to try to find and seek out and learn from as many dreamers as there are. And each of us, we are. So, you know, I'm trying to create that invitation. I'm trying to open that space where uh, each of us can shine. You know, each of us can brighter so illuminated by other perspectives, by other perceptions. And it's, it's that foundation of respect for the human being. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I just want to say, you know, Studio 809, we just moved in to the next us uh, over the last, we've been moving in over the last month and a half or so. And yeah, the karma is just amazing here. It's just got a really neat vibe. And let's give you credit for evolving into it, uh, stumbling into it, or maybe you masterminded it and knew from the beginning exactly what you wanted to do here. Well, and I, I think the key to that is that we're all still asking. And every day this is what I try to wrap my head around and, and, and call in the invitation for is, how do we craft a new approach? So I have been, like you said, you know, troubleshooting. I mean, it's been five years, I want to say, uh, but I'm not, I'm not sure, to be honest, in this specific space. Um, where I've been asking this question, um, a bit of an experiment really, and one of the most important things that I have found, and I try to make this the most profound, is that when you walk through these doors, you have to be coming for yourself. Because if you come in here looking for somebody else, (laughs) you're not gonna find them. (laughs) <laughs> You're not going to find them. Everybody here, we're entrepreneurs. We're following our own dreams. We're following our own time frame. Unless you have an appointment, because we are all by appointment only. So, I mean, our guests, our visitors, they're coming in for appointments. Um, but all of those appointments are to strengthen who they are. All of those appointments are to for them to pursue growth. And we are all working as facilitators in the same field that we are pursuing and that is self-development. And so this is a space of self-development. And so it cannot be hinged on or rooted in any one person. Uh, it's, it's you who comes through the door. And it's the most magnificent thing. All right, that's cool. It feels to me like your role in this largely is gonna be, you've slowed down. Mm. Because you have the luxury of thinking about these things, and I haven't. You know, I've got too many things going, and I'm 
working too fast and being less effective as a result, probably. Uh, so I hope to learn from you in this process. But I feel like I'm going to be the guy who keeps bringing us back to Earth. Like, I want to say, well, you know, if you're curious about the next us, there's going to be an opportunity coming up January oh, yes. 10th, right? Yes, Is that right? The, yes, and so that was what this poem was really all for is that here right now at the next us you know i've just introduced us a little bit but we're all celebrating our journeys we're coming to the end of 2023 you know we've we all work hard and so we're we're looking back at the last 12 months we're looking back at however long that past is for each of us you know all the way back as far as we're willing to look and ready to grow for 2024 so what we're all kind of ramping up for now is our grand reveal and what's so fun about this is a space like the next us is so unique. Uh, all the visitors, all the guests who come through, they come for an appointment with one professional. And as soon as they step through the doors, they realize that they have just come into an opportunity of so much more. They experience their one appointment. It's always groundbreaking. It's always incredible. It's always top notch. And they feel fulfilled. And as they're walking out, they're on cloud nine. They've accomplished what they came to do. And they're looking around like, what else is going on? There's so many other cool things going on around me. I've just experienced this one appointment through this one door (laughs) at the next us. And so in January, we're going to do what is our grand reveal. And it's called the Vitality Tour. And the invitation is to find for yourself behind any of these doors a step in your next direction. How can we help you become the next you here at The Next Us? And so that's the fun thing because you walk past door after door after door down these hallways, you walk around in circles, doors closed, everyone's busy, everyone's in an appointment. But if you were to peek inside any of those doors, it's a whole new world. It's a whole new world. So on January 10th, the Vitality Tour, we are going to open the doors and invite everyone to walk through. We always say tour the local art in the hallways. And so now we're opening the doorways and we're saying tour the local resources available to the next you. Cool. Four to seven? Four to seven p.m. And so that's the fun part. From four to six p.m. we'll be touring through the doors. You're gonna get a map when you come in. You'll get to go through, have a sight of every business, um, kind of a, a vision of, of what they could provide um, and how they're helping our local community, whether it you know ends up being something you need or just something that you can realize other people in Colorado Springs you know, thrive through. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the tour, 6 p.m., we're all going to meet in the venue, which is our community space. We're going to have a widespread food, music. We're going to get to know each other and speak to each other and make connection and at the end everyone with their map will have actually an opportunity to win uh, an offering that's being put out by the different professionals here we have some really top-notch opportunities and each professional is going to be offering kind of a glimpse of that through these prizes. And so everyone who comes through the tour has a chance to get a kind of a, a new invitation for who they want to be next year um, and how, how they can get there. It's about forward movement. It's about self-development. It's about growth. Um, and it's about 
being a resource for this community. Great. Okay. And that's at 525 North Cascade. Yay! It's and a party! Is there a place on the internet where people can go to uh, get more information or remind themselves? Yes. The- so the next us, um, we'll publish events on Instagram, on Facebook, and just let people know, you know, it's, it's important for people to know, especially in this day and age when we're feeling so alone, we're feeling so isolated, to know what's, what kind of community offerings are right here, um, right downtown, available for those of us who um, are seeking to grow forward. Great. Looking forward to that. Yes. Well, what else is on the uh, agenda for this episode, Judy? I've been so excited about this. I've been so excited about this. You know, we've, we're coming into holiday seasons, changing from autumn into winter. Uh, you know, leaves are falling, snow is coming. You know, the earth is going dormant. This is when we're reflecting. It's the end of the year. Um, people are coming together. And there's a lot of weight on each of us in that time as, as we're looking, you know, where we've been. There's a lot of pressure coming forward for what the new year will bring. And um, there's a lot of tension around any kind of opinions or decisions or, or next moves sometimes. And things can get really personal, especially with what's going on in the world today. And so I'm so glad we touched on respect today because it's really where we have to start. We have to start with respect or we aren't going anywhere. So thank you for bringing that to the table through, that is so funny, through the presidential debates. Who knew? Something so elementary. Yeah. It's at the root of it all. All right, well, I guess we have kicked off this journey. We have launched, so congratulations to us both. And congratulations to you. If you're listening to this episode, somehow you got lucky enough to discover it. And uh, stick with us. Be sure to follow the Next Us podcast wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss another episode. See you next time. In the Pikes Peak region, there's no shortage of activities. Whether you're experiencing breathtaking parks or magnificent works of art, if you're getting fashionable at a film festival or fresh at a farmer's market, If you want to hear the sweet sounds of a symphony or the smooth shred of a Stratocaster, look no further than Peak Radar, your one-stop shop for all events in the Pikes Peak region, your free source for viewing and posting events. So no matter how you engage with our beautiful region, visit peakradar.com and get plugged into the peak.